Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us here on the Big X. It's always great to be with you and talk local sports and talk IU and so much more. And uh, welcome in to our Thursday edition of the show. Let's take a look at the lineup for today. A service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got some news of the day to get to. Mike Woodson, Coach Woodson, recently underwent knee surgery, we have been told. And so we'll update you on that, at least what we know. Also, there appears to be, or it appears to be very close to announcing a new Big Ten commissioner to replace Kevin Warren. And like Kevin Warren, who had professional connections and then went back to professional connections, the next commissioner of the Big Ten has some Major League Baseball connection as well. So we'll tell you about that. Also, Indiana getting a lot of praise with their recent commitment from Kellel Ware. And so we'll mention some of that. The NBA regular season is over, this little play-in tournament. I don't know if it's just me, but it's confusing, this whole format, how it works, the bottom four teams uh, in each conference, the opportunity to play in to final spots in the NBA playoffs. But it's going on, but now that the NBA season is complete, we can take a look at some numbers and how some former Hoosier players competed this season, so we'll do that as well. Also, Last night, a big softball game between New Albany and Floyd Central. Highlander's a big winner there. And tonight, the baseball match of that contest will take place. Floyd, I mentioned yesterday, I think one of the better teams in the area to pay attention to this season. They will square off with New Albany coming up this evening. Uh, Also later today, we'll have Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. He is always with us in segment two as we talk the latest with IU basketball. The transfer portal... Uh, Other things from the Big Ten, we'll cover some of that ground today with Dustin. And then later in the show, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, he'll join me on local sports. We'll tell you about some of the spring sports happenings. We'll tell you about the new New Albany basketball coach, Craig Teagle, who, by the way, is scheduled to join our program on Thursday. And just some other local headlines with Josh coming up here in just a bit. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. Uh, My daily reminder to you, that number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. These off-season shows are a great time for you, the listener, to chime in with questions, comments, opinions, 
uh, basically whatever you have on IU basketball, football, local stuff, whatever it might be, we'll figure out how to get it on the air and use it in our show today. And again, that number, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come by today and grab a Fort Thornton, a fountain drink from Thornton's. And let me get that out right, a fountain drink from Thornton's. And don't forget to send in your question or comment on the Thornton's text line at number 502-414-1450. Let's get into some of the headlines today. First, uh, Jeff Rabjohns, Pigs.com, reporting yesterday that IU men's basketball coach Mike Woodson has undergone knee surgery. Coach Woodson turned 65 in March, just completed year two as the IU basketball boss and uh, had a, uh, seemed like a routine surgery completed. No details or anything of it, but hope Coach Woodson is recovering nicely and preparing to hit the recruiting trail coming up later this month. And, of course, all the off-season stuff, it's uh, never a slow time. I'm sure he's squeezing in when he's healthy again with his knee, uh, some golf opportunities, but never a slow time for a basketball coach at the high major level, and especially in a state with fans and opportunities like Indiana, where your coach is such a public person. Uh, so hope that his recovery uh, goes well and that he is able to get back out on the court here in the offseason very soon. Also, as expected, Kellel Ware, uh, his recent commitment to Indiana is drawing a lot of praise from some of the college basketball and the recruiting analysts out there, as you would expect it to do so. Uh, definitely someone that came out of high school, highly rated with NBA potential. That NBA potential is still there. And I tell you what, as I read through some of the comments over the last couple of days about the addition of Ware, and there's some other thoughts on who could maybe come to Indiana as well out of the portal, but the number one thing I keep going back to for next season with the roster, and I know there's a ton of things to figure out. I know there's a lot to figure out with guard play, starting with Xavier Johnson, but I tell you what, Kellel Ware and Malik Renew in the low post could be quite the combination in the Big Ten Conference. It's Purdue for so many years, it seems, that always has a seven-footer uh, that is good, that is talented, that plays, that uh, is a big part of their team. Kellel Ware, I think you have to expect, comes in with a very serious role, a starting role on this IU team for next season. And with the streaks uh, and flashiness at times, of talent that Renew showed. I think you got to put both of them in the lineup at this point based on what we know, the starting lineup that is, based on what we know about the roster for next season. Those are two young but talented big men, both of them, uh, for this upcoming college basketball season. So I just have a feeling that regardless what happens with Xavier Johnson and regardless who else, uh, including big names, that Indiana could still land from the portal, that that where renewed combination down low could be something that we think a lot about, talk a lot about, and you hear a lot about as we get ready for the Big Ten season next year. Also, and I hope I say this right, but Tony Petiti and Justin, our producer, if you're listening, do you know how to say Tony Petiti? Is that my, my is it Petetti or Petiti? Do you I, know? I think you're nailing it. I would okay, roll with Petiti. that. All right. For the next commissioner of the Big Ten Conference, according to multiple reports, Petiti, we'll say for now, will replace Kevin Warren who is leaving to become the president and chief executive officer uh, of the uh, 
uh, of the Chicago Bears. And Petiti, he previously served as president of sports and entertainment for Activision Blizzard. He's also served as head of MLB Network, chief operating officer of MLB, and was responsible for the day-to-day operations at CBS Sports as well. So once again, the Big Ten going the route of someone with a professional sports background. You know, in recent years, these college commissioners, they were former ADs and other executives that had worked their way up in the realm of college sports. It's changed a lot here recently as far as maybe other occupations or other similar things in the sports industry that are considered uh, good preparation for such a big job. And Tony Petetti, Petiti, uh, is expected to be announced soon as the new Big Ten commissioner. So uh, interesting to see. I think when we think of Big Ten basketball, uh, there are some good things there, but there are some concerning things about basketball, the refereeing, the physicality of the conference, and other things that have been brought up in recent years that maybe at times got comments from Kevin Warren or drew his attention, but kind of curious to see what the future looks like with Big Ten basketball. So Tony Petiti could be the guy that helps shape the future of the conference as well. NBA season is over. Saw the beginning of one of the play-in games last night between, I think it was the Timberwolves and the Lakers. It was a late game, so I only saw about the first quarter of it. But now that the regular season is in the books, it's kind of interesting to look at numbers, who played well with an Indiana connection this season, and who is still alive in the playoffs. And how about OG Ananobi? For the second time in six years, he is the NBA Steals leader. And, of course, a former Hoosier. I think Ananobi has carved himself into a great place with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, He had the most steals per game at 1.9 and total steals 12.8 in the league this season. First ever Toronto player to have the top honor for league steals for a season. And so neat to see Ananobi, who seems to be somebody willing to do the dirty work and uh, fill in as needed, but definitely has carved the niche there in Toronto. And great to see him get some uh, recognition here in the postseason, or I should say, after the regular season as we get into postseason basketball. But, you know, Ananobi at Toronto, Eric Gordon, Oladipo, a number of guys that I won't say they're stars, but they are getting opportunities. Cody Zeller now at Miami. That is taking a while to get used to seeing him in a heat uniform. Uh, Romeo Langford at San Antonio. Obviously, the Spurs season is over, but uh, got some opportunities this season. Stayed healthy for the most part this season. It'll be really interesting to see what is next for him. But uh, still, his NBA career so far has been littered with a number of different, I would say, minor injuries so far. And, of course, Noah Vonley, I don't want to leave him out. He's at Boston. So a number of guys trying to make it, trying to find their way. And then a handful of them are role players uh, for their respective NBA teams. So interesting to see the IU connections. And will Trace Jackson Davis get a chance to be one of the next IU players on that list of NBA players? Will Jalen Hood-Shafino, it seems even more likely to be a first-round, a mid-round pick potentially in the NBA draft this summer. Will he be the next player, the next IU guy in the league, which is great stuff when it comes to recruiting. I know it's fun to follow these guys into their professional career, but it's also great to see uh, how they can come back and help the program with recruiting, that's for sure. Last night, a big softball game locally, Floyd Central and New Albany. Floyd Central, a 6-3 winner over the Bulldogs last night. Emmy Miller for the Highlanders, now 4-0 on the season. She was the winning pitcher in the game. 
couple home runs last night. Elise Coleman of Floyd Central, she's a great basketball player as well, may have some Division One opportunities ahead of her. And Ayana DeLuna of New Albany, also with a homer last night. I mentioned Floyd baseball this week a few times as a team to really watch in the local baseball scene. Don't forget about Floyd softball after the win last night over New Albany. They are now 11-3 on the season and 2-0 and in Hoosier Hills Conference play. So always fun to check out some of the rivalry games in the area. And tonight you've got New Albany and Floyd Central in high school baseball. So that will be a fun matchup and a good matchup, I think. But Floyd Central, again, I've got them pegged as one of the front runners in the area right now. So obviously big stuff there with uh, with uh, the uh, softball, baseball, spring sports as a whole with those seasons really rolling. And you get into a week like this week with great weather, lots of sunshine, things warming up. Uh, it's good baseball weather. So I expect a tremendous crowd there tonight for the New Albany and Floyd Central baseball game. We'll head to a commercial break and come back with a lot more, including your text from the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star on IU and Josh Cook of the News and Tribune on local sports still ahead on this Wednesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Wednesday edition of the program. The Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. A reminder, the Big X Sports Radio golf cards are now available. This year's card features Park Mammoth in Kentucky, Old Capitol Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, Wooded View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round on the 2023 Big X Sports Radio Golf Card. Supply is limited, so get yours today right away at BigXSportsRadio.com or call 812-725-1457. Again, 812-725-1457. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star is with us. We talk IU and college hoops a lot with Dustin, but he actually is the Pacers beat writer for the Star. So uh, I want to give you an opportunity to talk a little NBA and a little bit about what you write about for the Star on a daily basis. The NBA regular season is now a close, and we're thinking about the playoffs. The play-in tournament is underway for some of the bottom teams trying to fight for a spot. And for the Pacers, I think probably a lot of the thought now is the offseason and the draft coming up, which will be here this summer before you know it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've obviously the last two days have kind of been, uh, you know, wrap-up stuff, uh, you know, from a media perspective. We got to talk to each of the players uh, with what they called exit interviews uh, on Monday, as well as Rick Carlisle. And then on Tuesday, we got to talk to uh, President of Basketball Operations, Kevin Pritchard, the man who obviously makes all the decisions, makes the ultimate decisions. Uh, when it comes to personnel and the direction that they're going. And, you know, they they feel ultimately pretty good about how the year went. 
uh, or, or where they stand. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Pritchard said he was actually pretty emotional thinking about the fact that this team doesn't get to be a playoff team because he was, they, they really like this group as far as people is concerned. I mean, it was, it, and, and I can say just from a media standpoint, uh, it was a fun locker room to cover. I mean, there, were, there was a lot of, you know, just, just generally solid human beings that seemed to be having a good time all the time. Uh, this year, and, and but it seemed, you know, Pritchard mentioned, you know, I, I, it probably was better that they didn't, uh, you know, make the postseason because they could use a high draft pick. I mean, they, they could use another piece, as, as you mentioned, that there probably needs to be another foundational piece uh, to be part of the roster. They need somebody else they can be able to count on for the long term. And they're going to have a chance to add one. Uh, you know, they'll get a lottery pick. Uh, you know, obviously they have a chance. You know, they have about a 6.8% chance of landing the number one pick, which would mean Victor Wembanyama and changing your, your franchise entirely. Um, but, you know, unless they get really bad lottery luck, they'll be in the top ten if things just hold the way that they are. If, if the worst four teams get the, get, get the top four spots, then they'll be around eighth. Uh, and so that, that puts you in, in a position to get a really good player, I think. Uh, there's a, I think there's a lot of depth to this draft, and I think there's only one truly great player, maybe two or three at most. Uh, but I think there's a lot of guys that would be able to help them. I think Jairus Walker is one that really stands out from Houston, particularly because he's got uh, a lot of talent on the defensive end, but there's some other big wings I think that they would be interested in if he's not on the board, guys like Cam Whitmore. Uh, if they got a lottery selection, I mean, I think Brandon Miller would have to be a person they'd at least think about. Um, you know, obviously there's some issues there, you know, stemming from the, the case in Tuscaloosa. Um, but, you know, there, there are several, I think, players that they can look at and say, okay, this can be your power forward uh, for the future, and you take one step closer to Sorry, uh, to having a complete <laughs> roster there. All right, Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star, my guest. Dustin, let's get into IU stuff. A lot has changed with the Hoosiers since we spoke last uh, Wednesday, and that namely is a commitment from a seven-footer, Kellel Ware. I was reading through comments and different stories earlier this morning about Kellel Ware and what he means to IU as a prospect and who he is and what he could be with his potential as an NBA prospect and a seven-footer. Definitely a lot of positives. Anytime you can add somebody seven foot with that height and wingspan, anytime you add somebody that came out of high school as a McDonald's All-American and has NBA potential, Indiana's gotten a lot of love on the national scene with this pickup of Kellel Ware. Yeah, no, and deservedly so. I mean, I think you, you see a lot of raw potential there. Certainly it wasn't all tapped uh, as any freshman year, but it, it doesn't always go that way. I mean, especially when it comes to guys that are this big. I mean, they don't always develop as quickly as you want them to, and you, you can see why that, that he's not quite uh, NBA-ready yet. He's a lot of arms and legs, you know. I mean, like you mentioned wingspan, and there's some good pieces of that, and there's the other piece of that of, of keeping everything coordinated. Uh, it's not always easy to do for guys that big. So you, you look at him, that's the first the, the, the first word that stands out when you watch his tape is gawky, but uh, at the same at the same time, I mean, there's there is a lot of skill there. I mean, you, you can see skill in the post ability to kind of hit some hit some hooks and whatnot, and, and he's got three point range. I mean, he made 15 of them on the year. That's not a super high number, uh, but when you watch him shoot, you know, when you see the ones that go in, when you go look at the highlight tape and you see the ones he makes. Uh, you can see that there's there's real potential there. He, he has some confidence putting it up. He's got, uh, I think, a pretty decent-looking stroke, at least on the ones that he's making. Um, so that gives you a lot of potential there, and, and there's certainly a lot of capacity there as a shot blocker that's going to be there pretty immediately. I and mean, I think Trace uh, Jackson Davis had to kind of be freed up uh, to be allowed to go block shots in at 6'9", and he, he's, he had to make the most of his athleticism to get up there. Keller Ward doesn't have to jump very high uh, to get up to where the rim is. Um, so, you know, they, they, he, it's He's pretty ready to go as far as that is concerned, being able to swap some shots away. Um, so that, that obviously, again, puts it in a lot, in, in them in a lot better position. I mean, you knew that a lot was going to have to happen in the portal for them. 
this offseason after they lost, you know, with, with Jackson Davis moving on, Thompson moving on, Geronimo moving on, Hood Shafina moving on, uh, as well as Miller Cop, you know, being out of eligibility as well. So they had to get a lot, and they had to get a lot in the front court. Um, and so, you know, they, they, they with Peyton Sparks now it, it also being part of this, uh, you know, transfer class, we're being part of the transfer class, and Renew going into a second year, uh, that, that bodes pretty well. I mean, that, there, it's still a lot of ifs. Uh, it's, there's still not a lot that you could look at and say, well, you can pencil in so much for these guys because obviously you got to, you know, see, you know, what translates from the MAC to uh, the Big Ten for Peyton, Peyton Sparks. You got to see what kind of leap is Keller we're going to Keller we're going to make in year two. And Malik Renew, I mean, he he you know he struggled. Uh, I think I was just, just reading our, our my colleague uh, Greg, fantastic intern Tyler Talkman's piece uh, about uh, about Renew, and I hadn't seen the quote from Jackson Davis saying that he just has to get get out of his own head. Um, and that was drastically different from what they were saying at the beginning of the year, you know, before I left the beat. Um, it went, when, you know, Jackson Davis was saying that when he got here, race and I couldn't defend him. Um, so that, that means there was a lot of uh, rookie wear and tear on uh, Malik Renew, um, and that, you know, basically they're going to need to kind of keep his confidence up and find a way to get uh, the player that seems to be in there uh, to come out. And obviously it didn't work so well with Jordan Geronimo this year, so they need some development there. But it, it's, it's a really good starting, starting place, I think, um, for, again, what still continues to have to be a very big year uh, for Mike Woodson in the portal. He needs more still, but uh, those were, I think, some, some big additions to get started. All right, a lot, of di- a lot of discussion about what more could be or maybe who more could be. Um, any insight on where Indiana probably needs to turn next? I know Chris Ledlam is really in the mix. There are so many other names that Indiana seems to have some sincere interest in and reciprocal interest back from those respective players or folks in the portal. Where, do, where should Indiana go next? Who should they target next to fill the void still on this roster, in this roster for next season? Yeah, not going to lie, the portal is, is spinning way too fast for me to know who all is out there. I love them as a guy that seems to fit. Uh, but I think it just, it's important to get wing depth. Um, you know, obviously they lose a couple key uh, guys at the twos and threes uh, in Miller Cop and Tamar Bates moving on. Um, and, you know, they haven't been great there to start with. I and mean, obviously they've got a couple pieces coming back, some young guys. Uh, Trey Galloway obviously is, is going to be a star. And, you know, you mostly know what you're going to get from Trey uh, at this point. I mean, he certainly made a leap as a shooter, and that was really important, so don't want to discount that. Um, I don't know that Galloway's ever going to be a 20-point-a-night guy, and it wouldn't be a, a bad idea to get somebody who could be uh, at the two or the three. But, um, you know, just, just any more wing depth, I think, uh, helps you out. Guys who can play, you know, guys who could be three, four types, guys who could be two, three types. Um, you know, you still want to make sure that you're you're developing Caleb Banks, you're developing CJ Gunn, and giving those guys opportunity. You're not trying to, you know, uh, bury them uh, necessarily, but you could still use a little bit more uh, wing depth, some other options, uh, guys that you could use the two and three. I mean, I think if you're going, you know, I mean, you want to know about X pretty soon, uh, and and I would think that they got they got enough games on the board that I think he's going to be okay as far as a uh, medical is concerned, and it seems like you know just a. The situation being what it is nationwide, I mean, it seems like they're being more and more uh, lenient as far as letting those go uh, and, and giving you know people their red shirts. And so you want to make sure that you know that you have him so that you have uh, two point guards in him and Cubs. So I don't know that you need another guy who runs the one. Um, but, you know, it, it, that wouldn't be the worst idea if you have an extra scholarship either. But I just think, you know, you're probably in pretty good shape as far as bigs are concerned at this point. Maybe, maybe you could use one more, but I think, you know, kind of wingish types maybe bigger wings would be a good idea for them to add. All right, Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star, our guest today talking IU basketball. 
Somebody just sent over, this is the first I've seen here of the offseason, so you can't put any stock in this. There's still so much to do to go with the transfer portal. But Indiana and Andy Katz's power rankings from the Big Ten Network, he's got him as number 10 in the conference. And again, I've got to believe that a lot will change with Ward if Indiana gets Ledlam once we get official word on what the future is for Xavier Johnson. But that's kind of a reminder, uh, even though these off-season rankings and power rankings and projections don't mean really anything right now, but that is a reminder that Indiana has a ton of different question marks in different areas of this team to answer before I think we can give a real feel on Indiana or the conference for next year. No, certainly. I mean, again, with the pool moving like it does, it's a total reset. And for Indiana in particular, it's a total reset. Uh, you know, again, when you when you base, uh, you know, so much around uh, one guy and a couple guys uh, over a couple years, and when you lose those guys, it, it's a changeover. And, it, and it's always been that way even before the portal became what it is. Um, but, you know, now it's, it's even more so because, I mean, everybody's got moving parts. You've got moving parts. You know, it's not necessarily a situation where you're just moving young guys up into those positions and you're, and you're taking a guess as to what young players it's going to be. It's, it's, it's figuring out, trying to calculate. If, if you're putting together these rankings, I mean, and, and you have to because, you know, <laughs> they move. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're great content. Uh, when, when you, if you're covering college basketball and you have six months to fill. Um, so they, you know, like, you, you have to sort of try to calibrate, okay, what's going to translate from league to league and, and from year to year and, and guess, you know, what somebody's going to do. And, and you know, again, that, that's what Indiana has to answer as well is, is again, what, what can Pey- Peyton Sparks be uh, in, in the Big Ten? I mean, you, you've, seen, you've seen guys make big leaps and, and become, you know, either the same player they were or even a better player they were when they transferred up, you know, just really taking on the challenges as they've grown into uh, being, you know, basically guys were, were just missed um, as recruits, maybe they weren't big enough, maybe they weren't strong enough, and maybe they got into a college program, and all of a sudden they made a, a leap that they could have never made as a high school player. Um, and you know, they end up just they end up being ready for whatever league you want to throw them in. You know, and some other guys, you know, star in, in a MAC, and then you you put them up, and they don't have uh, what you need to be a star in the Big Ten. So you you don't know what some of those guys are going to be. Again, a guy like where the potential is endless. Do you do you get there? You've seen a lot of great seven seven footers that looked really great coming out of high school that you could see. Uh, a lot of uh, you know, like moldable clay there uh, that that never you know fully gets molded when it's in college. Never really comes uh, all the way together, and and you know, so uh, you, you just don't know. Uh, you, and again, where is a guy that you can dream on? I think that's the thing you you watch on the tape. You can say, okay, you know, you could see why he wasn't dominant because you know, man, there's there's a lot to coordinate there, but you can also see a, a future in which he is. Um, so you, you just you just don't know. It's really hard to tell. And you know, again, Indiana has a ton of unanswered questions, and I think that's going to be you know the story of their off season. That they're going to go into preseason next year aware of that. I mean, the, the guys that come back are, you know, I, I, they can't be insulted by whatever they're going to be picked because it's like okay, nobody knows who you guys are. <laughs> you know, like you're one of those teams that that nobody knows what you can be, and and so wherever you get picked is where you get picked, and and you've got to you know kind of write your own story from there. But you know, like. Where would you put this team? <laughs> you know, where where could you even guess? And again, there's still a bunch of players that they they have to add, and, and their roster isn't close to being finished yet. Yeah, absolutely. And just for folks wondering, Andy Katz has Michigan State one, Purdue two, Ohio State three, Maryland four, Wisconsin five. Just a quick look at the top five uh, in this way early look at the conference. So we've got plenty of time to break this stuff down and see updates to these lists in the future but definitely interesting talking points here in the offseason. 
Dustin, I want to bring this up. I've had a couple texts that I'll read here in a moment on the Thornton's text line about Cannon Catchings. He's from Brownsburg. He's a 2024 commitment of Purdue and has been for some time. I know we can't get into rumors and so forth, but I'm sure you've seen the social media and message board rumblings that there could be on social media some reason to wonder what Cannon Catchings' commitment to Purdue is now or in the future. I guess he's put some photos up or unarchived some photos of him from his IU visit. And according to some folks I've seen uh, tweet and text about this, he's followed IU coaches recently. I kind of refuse to get into that kind of stuff because kids and social media, it's just crazy. It's almost too much to keep up with. But I, I don't think any of us in this new world of the transfer portal and just how recruiting has changed should be surprised about decommitments and changes. Purdue has experienced those. Indiana has over the years as well. It's kind of become fabric and uh, some surprise here in the recruiting process. Yeah, no, I mean, it's obviously that, uh, you know, basketball is different than football. Football, those are entirely fluid, and you see them all the time. Um, you know, you, you see guys decommit uh, on you know, on signing day and everything like that. It's a lot more fluid than football because obviously there's a lot more moving parts. Um, you know, basketball, there are fewer, and generally most of the most of the commitments you make end up being solid. Uh, but every once in a while it does happen. It does change. I mean, I remember you know, the, the one that, uh, you know, the, the two that stand out to me were James Blackman and Trey Lyles. Indiana got Blackman back, but they lost Lyles. Um, and I, they might have even had, I don't think they had a commitment from Jaquan Lyle, but, I mean, that, that was such a, you know, crazy com- recruitment uh, for its entire length. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, it, it obviously happens. I mean, and, you know, the way rosters change, the way things move around, um, you know, like things, things, things are different. Basically, you start seeing some guys come together. You start talking to your friends and seeing, okay, who's going here and who's going there. Uh, and it leads some guys to change something different. So I hadn't seen the, the, uh, the social media, and I just, just uh, Twitter searched Cannon Catchings while we were talking here, and there is, does seem to be a lot of, uh, of that kind of stuff. And I guess he posted some IU stuff on his, like you said, you posted some IU stuff on his Twitter. Uh, that'll that'll be interesting. Um, that that certainly will be one heck of a story that happens. Uh, you know, it's pretty wild. The, the decommitting is one thing. Decommitting and going from Purdue to Indiana is a whole other thing. Um, and generally, I mean, if he's even thinking about it, I'm sure Painter's just like, okay, see ya. You know, like if you're even considering it, peace, because Painter's just really not that sort. He's not really down for. He's not going to beg the kid to come. Uh, if if Catching wants to go, then he's going to let him. Um, so we'll see how that goes. That'd be really interesting. Certainly, would be a, a huge addition for Indiana. It's it's rough. I mean, you know, recruiting is recruiting, and you know, at the end of the day, these are kids. You know, and it's a situation of, you know, like what uh, are you know, like would, would they handle these things the same way if they were doing this at 25 or 30 or whatever? It's different. You know, they're 18 and their minds change, and you know, again, they've got to make the right decision for them because it is an important call to decide what you can do with those four years uh, if you're going to play four years. So. But uh, that would be interesting. It would certainly be a huge get from Indiana for Indiana for, for sure. But yeah, it's it you know it, it gets it does get pretty wild out there, and it's wilder now when you've got NIL and you've got the transfer portal. Absolutely, Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star. Dustin, as we let you go, this play-in tournament, I, maybe I, I'm not smart enough. I can't figure it out. It doesn't seem as simple as what it should be. Have you been watching it, and can you give us a brief explanation as to how it works? Oh, yeah, I watched last night. I mean, I think basically the, the, the way it works is it, you would think, okay, like if you've got, uh, you know, if, if, if you have 7-10 and you have, if you have teams 7 through 10 in this play-in tournament, you know, like college, 
way tells you that it should be seven versus ten and eight versus nine, and, and you already have those brackets set up. The way the NBA does it, and, and, I, and I understand this because it's like it's still keeping the weight on the regular season. You don't want a ten that might be several games back of the seven to be able to beat them one time, and then the seven is out. Um, so the way it works is basically the seven plays the eight. Um, and the winner gets the seventh seed. Um, basically, the team with the seventh best record, team with the eighth best record, play, and the winner gets the seventh seed. And they go get to play the two, and they only have to play one game to get in. So if you lose, then you have to play the winner of the nine ten game. Um, and so the nine ten game is, you know, winner you're out, you know, loser's done. Lo- winner moves on to play, you know, the, the loser of the seven eight game, and the winner of that moves on to the eight seed. And so I, I get it because it, it is still, you know, making sure there is at least a little bit of weight, a little bit of bonus. To what you do uh, in the playoffs, that you're better off being the seven versus the ten, because in, in the not too distant past, if you were the seven or the eight, you were just in and you didn't have to play anybody uh, to get in the seven game series. And you know, it, it matters to be able to just get to a playoff round, to get that experience to play, you know, in a seven game series and get a crack at the one or the two. Um, so obviously, so I watched last night, and I was really surprised to see the Heat get. Uh, busted up by the Hawks. I mean, I, I thought the Heat were a better team, but they did not play like it last night. They just couldn't make anything. And uh, Lakers T Wolves was just just <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> and it was just an absolutely crazy. It, it was like from a from an artistic perspective, it was a terrible basketball game, but it was hilarious uh, and entertaining as all get out because I mean, uh, you know, the, the the Wolves didn't have like a field goal in the last I don't know five six minutes of the game or something like that, which is not supposed to happen in the NBA ever. Uh, the Lakers go up three on a three by Dennis Schrader with 1.4 seconds left, but uh, Anthony Davis goes and runs and fouls Mike Conley, putting up a three that hit off the backboard, but he fouls him in the corner with 0.1 seconds left. Gives Conley an opportunity. He hits all three. They go to overtime. Uh, but that was just, I mean, just a series of just bizarre basketball plays. I mean, for, there was, I think, at one point, and I, I can, I, it might have been 41, 42 by the time it was over, but they flashed, flashed the graphic, and there were 40 turnovers between the two teams. And, again, that's not supposed to happen in the NBA. Um and so it was Robin, it was crazy, but the Lakers get the seventh seed, and so you get to see LeBron back in postseason play and, and Davis, and that's they're an interesting team going to play another interesting team against Memphis. So that that series is going to be intriguing. Uh, and then you know, so t- tonight it's going to be uh, Raptors, Bulls in the East, uh, and Pelicans, Thunder in the West. And so again, losers out. Uh, winner in the West plays Minnesota. Winner in the plays Miami, and you'll see who gets that eight seed. So it's, it's shaping up, I think, to be a really interesting playoffs um, because I, I don't think there's, you know, there, there's some really good teams. I think Milwaukee's really good. I think Denver's really good. Boston's really good. Um, but there's not necessarily a dominant team. There's not necessarily a dominant story arc. A bunch of teams that have a shot to win some series, I think, that have to be have a chance to be really interesting in the first round. I think Cleveland, New York is one to really watch uh, there. But, uh, you know, postseason NBA basketball is a blast, and so we're about to get, you know, a a good two months of it coming up here, so I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Dustin Doperak with the Indianapolis Star. Dustin, we'll chat next week. Absolutely. Sounds good. All right. We'll head to a commercial break. As we do, want to catch up on a couple of these texts from the Thornton's text line. Texter says there are grumblings that 2024 commit Cannon Catchings, I believe, is decommitting from Purdue and has quit following Purdue players and staff and is now following IU players and staff something to pay attention to. Another texter says, how sweet is it that Cannon Ketchens is about to decommit from Purdue and go to IU? Clearly recruits love Woodson and his style. So much momentum for Indiana right now. Um, I agree, there does seem to be an uptick with recruiting and perhaps obviously the transfer portal as well, but I wouldn't count the Ketchings deal 
until it's announced. I mean, who, who knows what's going on? It's a high school uh, player, and I'm sure that he, you know, who knows? So I hate to evaluate things just based off of social media and would love to see some interview or comment from one of the recruiting writers that's able to speak with him and find out exactly what's going on. But yes, anytime someone goes from Purdue to Indiana or vice versa, or anytime there's a big shakeup with a high school basketball star in our state, it obviously is big news. And Cannon Ketchings is a good player. I haven't seen a lot of him, but he's definitely a talent. We'll head to a break. We're back with Josh Cook of the News and Tribune to talk local sports. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. What's we're missing for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here? Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday show. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is my guest. Josh, lots to talk about. A great week for spring sports, and we'll get into some of that in a moment. But first, for football, or on the basketball side of things, New Albany with a big announcement on Monday night at the school board meeting and that, that, that they have hired a replacement for retiring coach Jim Shannon. And it's another big name in Indiana high school basketball, Craig Teagle, most recently of Huntington North. Yeah, Craig uh, comes in with a lot of experience, you know, about over 30 years. He's had, um, you know, a few, it's, it's, uh, he's kind of worked his way up, it seems like, from, uh, from Caston and, and Knox to, to Jay County, where he had a, a really a lot of success, and then uh, to Huntington North. So, yeah, he's, um, he's, I think he ranks 12th on the state's, active wins list. He's got like 423 wins, something like that. So, you know, he's won six sectional titles, uh, one regional, one semi-state, uh, went to the state final with Jay County in t- 2006, I believe, and they lost to Newcastle. Um, he's coached the Indiana All-Star team, the one that had Yogi Ferrell and uh, and Glenn Robinson the third on it in 2012. So, yeah, he's definitely... Um, Definitely a guy with a lot of experience, and uh, you know he's he's had a, he's had a great deal of success too at, uh, at at all the stops. I believe he's at Jay County. I think he had he won he had winning seasons in 15 of his 17 years, including uh, 14 consecutive winning seasons, and he had uh, he's had six winning seasons at Huntington North. So you know he's definitely he's definitely been uh, a, a winning coach. So well. Um, He's, he's had a lot of success, and, and now he's going to try to uh, duplicate that in New Albany. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, you had a chance to co- catch up with Coach Teagle uh, at the school board meeting, and uh, my uh, and I met him and interviewed him previously. But uh, I think my first uh, takeaway from him: very serious, someone very focused on getting in, doing the job, getting things started. And not a guy that's going to be a big talker or a big uh, celebrate things until maybe there's some big accomplishments. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'd, I'd heard him say that you know he wasn't going to smile until he won a state championship. So, so I asked him about it, and uh, yeah, that was pretty uh, 
pretty pretty interesting. But yeah, in all those pictures, I think I've seen. You know, he's not going to be he's not going to be a smiling kind of guy. But uh, he's uh, he's a serious uh, serious guy. He just wants to get the job done. And uh, you know, I've I've had a friend uh, who coached against him before, and said he's a really good coach. So you know, we'll uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know what he can do down here at New Albany, starting in, uh, starting in the next winter, I guess. Yeah, interesting stuff. Craig Teagle to New Albany as the Bulldogs' new boss. Big week for spring sports, Josh. Last night we had New Albany Floyd Central big rivalry softball game. The Highlanders came out on top six to three. Story in today's paper on that game. And then tonight we've got the baseball version of that matchup. And Floyd Central, I think. One of the real baseball teams to watch here in the area this year. They've got some pitching and some other weapons. I think they have a chance to be really good. Yeah, for sure. They've got uh, they've got pitching and their their hitting seems to be working out so far. And I think they play defense pretty well. So that's that's pretty much all you need uh, for success in baseball. And that's uh, you know they're off to a off to a good start. I think they're six and two and into tonight's game. They've got. Uh, you know, uh, Bishop Letson, he's, he's the big pitcher going to going to Purdue. Uh, he pitched uh, the other night against, uh, I believe he pitched against Jasper the other night. And, and pitched, he had 10 strikeouts, I believe, and then uh, in five and something, five and a third maybe innings. So he uh, that was his first appearance on the mound of the season. So I don't know if he'll pitch tonight or they'll probably just save him for the the sectional as far as that goes, but yeah, they've got they've got him. They've got several other arms they can throw too. So, um, yeah, I, they may have to. I believe they have the, probably the deepest pitching staff around. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, just Floyd just won the sectional what, two years ago, not last year, but the year before. So, you know, they 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 could uh, would be surprised to see him make another run at it this year. They've, they've got a lot of talent. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. A lot of the things we talk about you can read about at newsandtribune.com slash sports and, of course, in the daily edition of the paper. Josh, uh, other takeaways so far with spring sports, baseball, softball, teams, individuals, anything you want to mention here in our final minutes together today? Uh, yeah, softball has got some teams off to good starts. Obviously, uh, Floyd's, uh, Floyd's the only ranked team we've got. They're 10th. Uh, last time in the last ranking, they were 10th in Class 4A. So, you know, they got, they've got they off to a really good start. As you mentioned, they beat New Albany last night. They've got uh, um, several. They've got quite a few freshmen who are really contributing. Uh, Amy Miller pitched a complete game last night. And then uh, Lise Coleman, who also is a very good basketball player. She starts and hit a home run last night. And they've got Eddie Ware. She's a freshman, so they've got at least three freshman starters. And then they've got, you know, a number of uh, veteran contributors like uh, Kylie Franks and Peyton Drummond. So they're off to a really good start. And then uh, uh, Silver Creek's probably the probably the other team that's off to a really good start. They're tw- uh, 12-3, and three, something like that. Uh, what a big game at, at Charlestown in the MSC the other night. And, uh, um, they lost last night, but they struggled to hit the ball at Eastern. But still, I think uh, Silver Creek's got a really good shot too in in their sectional, which is a you know a really good sectional in 3A. They've got uh, you know they've got uh, Hallie Foley's a uh, senior. She's she's pitched really well so far this season, and then they've uh, up until last night they hit the ball very well. They've got a lot of uh, offensive talent. Uh, you know, Ava Allen, uh, Macy Farrell. They've, They've got some girls who can really hit the ball. So, um, 
you know, that's probably probably another team to watch out for uh, once it comes to, to tournament time, I would say. And uh, uh, the other the other baseball teams, you know, Providence. We've got we've got four ranked teams in the in the rankings that came out, I believe, yesterday or Monday. Uh, Providence is ranked in two A. Uh, Silver Creek's ranked in three A. Uh, Borden's number two in Class A, and then Floyd Central's ranked in four A. So, you know, we've still got some uh, uh, a lot of ranked teams. I don't know if we'll get the. Uh, five sectional winners like we had last year in, in Clark and Floyd County. But, uh, you know, I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we did. It's going to be going to be interesting to see. Um, and then track and field, I know we've got a big, uh, got plenty of talent in track and field. And, and uh, we've got the New Albany Relays um, tomorrow night, Thursday night. So that's that's always a big meet. So that's, uh, you know, that, a lot of that talent's going to be on display then. And, you know, the, this weekend there's the big... Uh, Mile race at Franklin Central that all, that always have they always have and you know Aaron and Aiden Lord from from New Albany and then Will Conway from Floyd Central they'll they'll all be competing in that so that's always a big meet or a big race so that, that's something else to watch going into this weekend. All right, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, thank you. Thanks for all the coverage and work, and we'll catch up with you next week. Yeah, sounds good, Matt. Thanks so much. Have a great day. All right, also from a local perspective as we get out today, I want to mention last night at the Jeff softball game, it was the official dedication of the Dave Hatfield softball field at Jeffersonville High School and a great honor for a great man in Southern Indiana sports. A lot of people from Jeffersonville were there, including former athletic director Ralph Scales and others. And we're going to have Coach Hatfield, the former Jeff softball coach who had this field dedicated in his honor last night with us coming up real soon here on a future program. Have a great Wednesday. Beautiful weather out there. We'll be back with you Thursday at 11 here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>